Welcome to this episode of the Bible Feed podcast. We're doing another of our introductions to the books of the Bible, but this time we're looking at the Psalms or the Psalter. Now, that is the longest book in the Bible. There are 150 Psalms, so we're going to split this over two episodes. This episode is part one in which Jordan Walton and Dan Weatherall look at the first two sections of the Psalms. And then in part two, they'll think about sections three, four, and five, so that we have an introduction to all the different sections and types of Psalms that we have. But just before they get started, let's hear Psalm one, which Jordan explains in this episode, as it was intended to be heard, read aloud. Ashre ha'ish asher lo halach ba'atzat reshaim uvderech hataim lo amad. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is another of our introduction to one of the biblical books, and we're going to deal with a really big one, the book of Psalms. But it's not just me, I'm Dan Weatherall. It's, I've also got Jordan Walton with me, guest Jordan joining me to talk about the Psalms. Welcome. Thanks for inviting me, Dan, to come and chat with you about the Psalms. I'm really pleased to have you, and you know this. I, I asked you specifically for this one because you've 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 talked a lot about the Psalms before, haven't you? We'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, you know the resource that you've got, but you've you spent a long time going through quite a lot of the Psalms and and putting some material together. Yeah, absolutely. It sort of was a bit of at the start of COVID, and our church in Warsaw, we uh, brother and I started talking about the Psalms and spent a lot of time going through them, and it was a really beautiful thing to do so yeah i'm excited to spend the next sort of 30 minutes thinking about it with you yeah thank you for for joining us to do this so that's so the difficulty on this session i think is you've got i don't know about 60 youtube videos on on the psalms and we've got to try and somehow do an introduction to the book in 35 minutes or so so that's that's going to be the challenge we we, we try and follow a bit of a structure when we do these we, we're sort of working our way slowly through each book of the bible to give a high level overview of, of the book to to hopefully help people read it for themselves and uh, try and follow a little bit of a structure so we, we we do it the same way for each book so the first thing to ask is where is this book in the bible where is the book of psalms well the the beautiful thing about the book of psalms is it's right in the middle it's a book of songs and poetry and uh, it's in the old testament and it sort of is it's in a bit of an interesting place because we've had a lot of narrative and then we arrive at this book that's large as we've spoken about but quite different to perhaps some of the other things that we've looked at before in in some of the other books of the bible so a bit of a different one and perhaps start of these more poetic books in the bible 
Yeah, yeah. And it was, it's really interesting, actually, isn't it? So in the introductions that we've done so far, we've done the first three books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So you've got narrative, you've got really ancient kind of purity laws. That was the Leviticus episode. And then we we, we jumped right to the New Testament because we need a bit of variety and, and did the little letter to Philemon. So that's another type of a different sort of part of the Bible. Mm. Now we're jumping back. And like you said, we're now in suddenly in the middle of poems and songs and prayers and stuff. So very different again, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, that as we're going to see, even within the book of Psalms, there's a whole raft of different types of Psalms that we'll consider as well. Yeah, great. Okay, good. Well, look forward to that. So the other thing, perhaps just to think through, and, and we we probably haven't got the time to, to delve into a little bit here, but a few times on, on this podcast, we've mentioned briefly about the, the, the way that the Hebrew scriptures, so the Old Testament, is ordered in the Hebrew Bible. So if you picked up a, a Jewish version of our Old Testament, it would be the same, other than the fact that the books are ordered in different ways and, and they're in three sections and the Psalms heads up that third section, the writings, which, which really starts this kind of poetic wisdom literature section so yeah it's just one of those little nuggets to keep in the back of your mind i think it there's there's logic in jumping to to this one as it's as it heads up that section before we maybe finish the the first five books of the bible and uh, and then work our way through the rest so so that's what we're going to do let's tackle this book of book of songs book of hymns and and psalms and prayers the next thing to sort of think through is what what sort of time period are we talking about so it's in the old testament if you pick up a a Bible in in our order, it's going to be right in the middle, practically. But where are we talking in terms of sort of biblical storyline? Well, it's really interesting because we've got quite a few authors as we'll come across tonight. The main one, one of the main writers of the Psalms is David. So I suppose we could think about that that time period of of the beginning of the kingdom of of Israel. Interestingly, we'll come across a, a Psalm of Moses as well. So okay. we can think back to the time of the wilderness wanderings. And then there's there's a few like of the Psalms, like Psalm 137, that picks up on the exile period in Babylon. So we're sort of in that time frame after the wilderness wanderings, when Israel are a nation under the rule of a king, and then it spans a little bit across that time when they went into exile under the, the Babylonians. So that that sort of time period is is where I think the Psalms are looking at, and some of them point forward as well to, to a future time as well. So yeah, quite quite a big scope really. Wow. So, yeah, so it is big then, isn't it? A lot of time period that they cover. Effectively, they're almost a soundtrack to the history of Israel, I suppose. These these different song, songs and prayers. Yeah, right from Right from Moses' time to David. So the king, the monarchy, the period of the monarchy and, and after David. And and then what was that example you, you just referred to? The, the exile one? Yeah, so in, in Psalm 137, it refers to by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down, we wept and we remembered Zion. And, in, and that's in verse one of Psalm 137. So we can think about that in relation to the Psalms being this like pouring out of emotion from yeah. the people. And you can imagine them sitting there in captivity by but in Babylon, thinking back to the temple, to the time when they used to follow the law and and you know, do that worship as a people and as a nation. And unfortunately, that, that isn't happening anymore. And they're longing to be back in Zion. So that's a, a really interesting one that definitely refers back, you know, definitely is a, a real exile psalm. And and 
just as a bit of a plug, you did a great session, didn't you, Dan, <laughs> for us in the Psalms project where you looked at exile psalms or, or psalms for exile, which was really helpful to think on. Yeah, sure. Thanks for that. We'll point in the show notes to where, where we're referring to on that, on, on your, your collection of uh, YouTubes, which are really helpful. And I mean, the, the vast breadth of background then to these psalms is is huge, isn't it? It can be a bit overwhelming that, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, psalms that are rooted in the life of Moses, many psalms rooted in the life of David, and now psalms that are rooted not just in the periods of the monarchy, but in the exile community. So so I'm just trying to think when someone comes along and, and tries to pick up the book of Psalms and, and, and read it, it, it's probably not intuitive to have all that background in your head and think, what well, what's the background to this particular psalm? You know, which time period is it is it in? Yeah, absolutely. I have to admit, Dan, when, you know, a couple of years ago, when before I started looking at the psalms, they used to not be a particular, it used to be an area in scripture that, I'd perhaps read and think, oh, that was a nice psalm or, or that had some nice sentiments or perhaps well, that was a bit of a difficult psalm. There was, you know, things about speaking against your enemies and I was thinking, mm. oh, I haven't really got enemies in my life. You know, there was metaphors about drowning. And I have to admit, I used to look at the psalms and think, I find this a really challenging but There's no context. I'm a bit yeah. of a man of narrative. So I enjoy being in a story with, with a person and you can start to identify with their life. And the Psalms just wasn't wasn't that for me. But I think what I've grown to love about the Psalms is if we can try and have this little bit of context, it can help unlock the Psalm. But I think it also shows that if we can't pinpoint the Psalm, they're almost, you know, eternal in their in their teaching and how we can apply them, which I think is a really mm. powerful thing as well. Okay, excellent. So so knowing the background is is helpful, but but seeing the fact that, or just by very nature of them being collected into this collection, suggests that they have meaning beyond their their background. So we we understand the historical background where we can, and yet we can still learn from it and apply them and and allow them to sort of shape our lives today. That's that's probably probably what you're saying. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in this book introduction we're not able to go through there's 150 of them each each individual psalm so it it can it can sometimes seem that they're random so here's here's another challenge that i think probably most people who've picked up the psalms might might feel you've said yourself that you know you you, you need a bit of a narrative you need a bit of a storyline and and I, I think that's probably common to to most people picking up the book of psalms it, you can dive in and read one on its own but when you start reading the book of psalms just one by one it can seem like it's really just a random collection i mean is this just israel's greatest hits for example just <laughs> nothing more than that or is or is there something more about a structure in this book that's what i think we need to think through now yeah absolutely so i think something that really unlocked so for me with the psalms was this idea that the the psalms or it's sometimes helpful to call it the Psalter as a whole, because then we think about the book of Psalms as a whole. And then we've got these individual Psalms because you don't tend to call them chapters. And so if I refer to the Psalter, I'm talking about all 150 Psalms okay, yeah. Um, yeah. in opposed to an individual one. And there's this really interesting thing, and we'll, we'll go into a bit more detail about this, but I think there's this sort of book ending that appears throughout the Psalms. And what you'll find if you just, if you've got a Bible, just turn to Psalm 41. At the end of Psalm 41 is sort of this, the end of the first book. And we'll okay. go into a bit more detail in a moment as to, to what book one's about to just try and get that context. 
yeah. we get this phrase, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. And, and what's interesting is when you go through the Psalms, if you go to then Psalm 72 and verse 19, you get the exact same refrain for the end of book two. And so it's like these book endings that just sort of wrap up and conclude the psalm. So again, in Psalm 72, blessed be his glorious name forever. So we've got that idea of blessed, the, the idea of everlasting, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And we get an interesting phrase there of the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And again, we'll think about that in a bit more detail in a moment. And then again, if you go to Psalm 89 at the end of book three, we get, we get that phrase again in verse 52. Blessed be the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. So these very, very similar phrases and language keeps popping up when we get to the end of the psalm. And again, we can go into them in a bit more detail, yeah. but in Psalm 106, verse 48, you get the same. And in Psalm 145 and verse 21, you get the same. So you, you get this sort of conclusion to each of the books that helps segment the books up. And as we'll look at in a moment, when we look at that book as a whole in the sections that we've mm. got with these segments, I think it really unlocks for us what the big picture of the book of Psalms is all about, really, when we think about it in that structure. Okay, yeah, so there is a deliberate then grouping, I suppose. These and how many how many sections have we got there? If you, how many big sections? That's... So I suppose there's a bit of discussion around this. There's five books that, that that we've got in those sections. We'll think a little bit how I think Psalm one and two are perhaps a bit of an introduction to the to okay. the, the whole Psalter. And yep. then the last five Psalms could be seen more as this doxology, okay, almost yeah. the five amens to the to the five books. Conclusion. But some people do yeah. yeah, absolutely. And some people do clump those last five Psalms into book five as well. But I think that the helpful thing is in Psalm 145, verse 21, we do have that that concluding statement like with the other four, which okay. is why I suggest it ends at verse yeah. 21 of Psalm 145 instead of Psalm 150. Yeah, okay. So five main sections, five main books within this collection, within the Psalter, plus a beginning, a sort of prologue, as it were, and then a bit of yeah. an ending, the doxology, as you called it. So we'll, we'll think about that in a bit. I mean, just e so even in in the Bible I've got printed in front of me, which is an ESV, it, it does have like book four written. I'm just looking at Psalm 90, for example. So it's written in. I think in some modern versions or many Many it versions, it, it will be in there, won't it? Yeah, and, absolutely. And what, it does it for you, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what you've just walked us through is the the justification for that, which which is really helpful to to see. And just thinking about Psalm eighty nine, as I've still got that one in front of me, you know, blessed be the Lord forever, Amen and Amen. Is this really nice, happy sentiment to close off the book? But the actual the Psalm eighty nine is is one of tragic. You know, where are you, Lord? Where is your steadfast love? And it ends on this terrible note and then suddenly there's this blessed be the lord forever amen and amen and it makes sense now then we realize that this is almost a, yeah. a marker to close the psalm or close the book and then we can perhaps think about why why psalm 89 in the, in book three is is such tragic such a tragic 
psalm i mean that's perhaps the next next thing to do actually not not with book three necessarily first of all but now you've highlighted that structure we probably need to dive into the themes a bit more now the themes within those books you know are are they so i suppose the, the question could still be is each book is each collection still a random collection or that has just been assembled in five different time periods or is there some sort of continuity of theme that's coming through and and then, of course, where does you know the prologue fit in as well? Psalms one and two. Maybe we should start with those and just just talk through what what your thoughts are on Psalm one and two. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as we go through those books, we'll identify those themes a bit more. So I think Psalm one and Psalm two. I like to see them as almost like invitations. I'm going to sort of talk about how I think the Book of Psalms as a whole, when we're thinking about it in relation to ourselves, which is always really important with Scripture, isn't it, to, to think about what is yeah. the application for us of this journey of of how we become in this relationship with God. And so I think when you think about it, the Book of Psalms in relation to this journey. Journey, it really helps them with with looking at Psalm one and two as this invitation from God, because Psalm one is this invitation to the individual. It talks about it as an individual. Blessed is the man, verse one of Psalm one, that walks not in the way of the ungodly. And it talks about these attributes of how the man of God should be, and then it contrasts it on the opposite with how the man of who isn't the man of God is also like who is who's sort of called in my version as the ungodly. And so straight at the outset of the book of Psalms, it sets out these two paths of are you going to go on the journey that leads to God or are you going to go on the journey that ultimately is like the chaff that gets blown away? Uh, and to me, what Psalm 1 is all about is drawing you in to, to making this decision of where are you going to go in your life? You know, are you going to embark on this journey that leads to a, a real personal relationship with God or, or are you going to choose the other? So I think that's really helpful to think about that sort of individual relationship that, that God has called you to. And I think a key word that comes through in Psalm 1 is this idea meditate. Like God okay. wants you to think about this. You know, it uses the metaphor of a tree being planted by streams of water. And I think God wants you to pour over this invitation that he's called you to mm. so that you know you, you're, you're thinking about it seriously okay yeah so it's, it's the idea of meditating taking seriously consuming all the time the law uh, of god the the things of god and i suppose yeah it's almost like a an instruction of how to deal with what's coming you know that the, all this collection of psalms you, you to meditate on it this is this is what you you should do with it perhaps not just with the Psalms, but also, you know, yeah, with the rest absolutely. of the, the, the scriptures as well. You know, meditating on the law, the Torah, you can perhaps apply that and, and think of it as as thinking on the, those first five books as well. Then that as a proxy for the whole of the of God's scriptures. So, so that makes sense. Yeah. This is, yeah, an, an individual, or this is the imagined individual who could be us. And if, yeah, and I think it's also a really active thing, Dan. Like, I think you think and look at a tree, or it's really static, but a tree is doing so much in growing and bringing okay. forth fruit and leaves and taking in nutrients. And, you know, you can really think about that idea of how yeah. the tree by the streams of water is doing something for God. And there's big scriptural principles mm. of bringing forth fruit for God and all those sorts of things. So it's this active relationship that God desires for you to have with him, which is you know, really lovely to think about as well. Yeah, um, okay. For and us, if, if we're embarking on this journey. Yeah, and then the opposite is is the unfruitfulness of part of a plant, isn't it? The chaff, which after threshing, it's the bit that's useless, is, is driven away by the wind. And, yeah, and it's, you know, it, 
it's the wind that's been active, not the chaff, which yeah, is yeah. quite ironic. Yeah, well, no, that's it? interesting. Yeah, driven away a bit, a bit like exile, driven, driven away, and yeah, you know, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's those things. So yeah, that, it's good to keep that in the back of our mind, isn't it, as we go through it? Okay, so that's Psalm one. What about Psalm two? Yeah, so then Psalm two is still an invitation, but it's almost an inv- in- invitation to a collective group of people. It starts by sort of asking this question: Why? Are the heathen at you? I don't know what it says in your version, Dan, but why are they raging and the people imagining a, a vain thing or an empty thing? And it's almost like the psalmist here is addressing the kings of the earth, the rulers, all the powerful people. Yeah. It's addressing the world, really, to say, you know, come and, you know, accept the rule of mine anointed and we won't go into detail about that now, but I think it's speaking about God talking about his son as king, the mm. Lord Jesus, and how one day all will come under rule of him. And and he wants the group, that you know, he wants the world to, to accept that. And obviously, again, just like the personal invitation, everyone has a choice as, as to whether they follow that or whether they don't. And there's two endings to both of those choices that, that are made. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's just the nations in the ESV. Why do the nations rage? So uh, that right, absolutely okay. is what what you're saying. Okay, that that works really well. So we've got like an individual invitation, and then an invitation not just to us as individuals, but to the to the whole world. And ultimately, there are two outcomes for people and for communities, effectively. So that that's that's a really helpful way of, of thinking about it. And they're almost acting as this summary of what's coming or summary of you know how how the next uh, five or the main five books are going to pan out then are they is is that is that what happens yeah i think that's really interesting to think about because i think psalm one and two almost mirror book one and book two and we'll sort of talk about okay. why i think that yeah. but book one i i think starts at psalm three interestingly again this is a psalm of david and if you like narrative we're actually given the narrative it's when he fled from absalom his son but on the whole, and this isn't um, conclusive, but on the whole, most of the Psalms in book one and book two are Psalms of David, and that isn't exclusive. There's other writers in those Psalms as well. But as it said at the end of Psalm 72, which we'll look at in a moment, it does sort of say the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, have ended. It's almost like a conclusion on that that context that we were mm, thinking about okay. at the beginning. But what I'd suggest, the sort of flavour and overview of, of book one of, of the Psalter is all about is their Davidic Psalms, their Psalms of David, as I've said, not all written by David. But the sort of overall nature of these Psalms is the time period when David was on the run before he became king. Okay, and yeah. again, that links back to the individual, that personal invitation that, that Psalm 1 introduced for us and how David here, you know, through his life, the, the first psalm of the book is when he's on the run from, from his own son, which, you know, it was a really challenging time for David. And this sort of time when David was almost an exile from his own kingdom and, and when David was, you know, as an individual really battling against a whole variety of things, of enemies that were marking his steps, that, that was, a, you know, a real challenge for, for David in his life. Mm. And I think that's a really helpful thing to think about in relation to our own lives when we're going through personal sufferings and how we can lament and how we can talk to God a, about these challenges that, that, that we might be going through. There's another interesting feature of these Psalms. There's different acronyms for this, but the one that I've sort of lent towards is this idea of CPT. And a really helpful Psalm just to look at as a case study for this is in Psalm 13. So CPT sort of stands for how a psalm will begin 
with a complaint and almost like pouring out the issue that the psalmist yeah. has got with whatever is going on with their life to God. And then the P stands for this plea almost after they've poured out their complaint to God, they turn to God and realize that God is the only source of hope that they can go to. And then by going through that process, there's an element of trust. Now in the longer Psalms, there's sometimes CPT, CPT, and, and, and the okay. acronym might vary slightly. Yeah. Like it might be plea, complaint, trust, or, or whatever. Yeah. But Psalm yeah. 13 is a really helpful one to think about in relation to that, because in the opening two verses, you get this phrase four times, how long, how long, how long, how long. And you can really see how the psalmist is, is at its wit's end in, in just dealing with the enemies and feeling like God is really distant from them. And then you get to verse three to four and you, you get this plea that the psalm, psalmist makes of consider, hear me, you know, lighten my eyes, give me sleep, you know, remove my enemy from me. And then in verse five to six, you get the confidence and it's almost like a real change. But even though I've complained, even though I'm pleading to you, God, I have trust in your mercy and my heart, verse five, will rejoice in your salvation. So that's a really sort of, I found, helpful thing to, you know, almost like a process we might go through in our lives when thinking about our relationship with God and the challenges that we're going through of how pouring out to God is a very scriptural thing mm. and, and pleading to God, but also realizing that that can help lead to confidence and trust in, in in our God as well. So I don't know whether you've seen that before with other Psalms, but it's sort of really scattered through book one in yeah. relation to, to David. Yeah, so that's really, really helpful, actually. So what I think you've managed to do is bridge from the historical background, so the man David, and then how he is dealing with it and how that's captured in these Psalms and these, these prayers and the complaints to God, his pleas, but then trusting God and, and how that suddenly then makes it relevant to anyone going through difficult circumstances. And yeah, I can see that through through book one. One thing I'm perhaps just realising we've gone for doing the Psalms as an introduction quite early on in this series, but we haven't touched on the books of Samuel, where David is, is the story of David. And we've just referred to lots of historical background there, haven't we, about David on the run before he was king, then he was king, and then on the run while he was king from Absalom, his son. Yeah, so that's that little title in Psalm 3. And that, I mean, that just is a really good illustration of, of the how much detail and background is rooted behind these these psalms and sometimes it isn't there you can't see it but sometimes it is there in those little titles the mm. head of some of these psalms and those titles just while we're on that they i, th I think it's in the hebrew bible they're actually verse one of the psalm because they're, they're part of the text and i think it's it's unique in the english bible for whatever reason that they've ended up as little headings which means we can easily get confused between them and sometimes Bibles are printed with chapter summaries, aren't they? And and they're a very different thing. They're, they're what the publisher have put in. And yet these titles, or verse one proper, they're, they're actually part of the, the text, aren't they? Yeah, they're really helpful. And they're sometimes the areas that give us the real context, like with Psalm 3. And yeah. other, you know, there's other Psalms, you know, Psalm 51, which we'll look at in book two, was after David's sin with Bathsheba. Again, it links back to that narrative okay. and, you know, so... Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's go on to think about book two, and then you've you've already primed us for Psalm fifty-one. But is there a is there a theme that runs through book two? So yeah, like I said, I think with Psalm one, 
and book one, it's dealing with the individual, more of the man, David. And I think you you arrive at book two in Psalm 42, and it's it's a psalm all about, um, it's actually not a psalm of David, it's the sons of Korah. We won't go into loads of detail about the sons of Korah, but yeah. they were the okay. musicians. They were from the tribe of Levi who, you know, led yeah. a lot of the worship and probably did that, you know, as the descendants of, of Korah in the reign of David. But it's it's this psalm about how, you know, the, the psalmist is thirsting after God. And, and there's lots of psalms that lead on from this about how, if you look at verse four of Psalm 42, you know, he remembered the time when he used to go to the house of God. So, you know, if this was a time you know, when David was on the run in his life or, or whoever this, this psalm was initially written for. I think it's a, it's a really powerful one because it's this idea of longing to be back somewhere. And the opening sort of few psalms of this book are very much like that. They're, they're not particularly positive. They're quite challenging. But then you arrive at Psalm 45. And to me, this is quite an abrupt sort of introduction to book two because you've just had three psalms that have talked about longing to be with god about the soul being downcast and then in psalm 45 you arrive at a wedding okay. of, of this king and its bride and uh, it's to me it was quite an abrupt sort of introduction but i think this is where it starts to bridge that gap of we're now thinking about david as king and we're thinking about him trying to lead a nation and how challenging that could be. And, you know, we're involved in different communities in, in our, in our lives with, with church and things like that. But I think this just shows the dynamics of, of how David had to deal now, not just as an individual being on the run, but now had to deal with trying to lead a group of people, which we can all find challenging as well. And again, through this book, you have the CPT Psalms as well, which, which can be really helpful to think about. Okay, excellent. So I'd never spotted that before. Actually, that that kind of jump at the at the start of this book, book two, to this this wedding or this king, it really emphasises that. So, so we're now rooted in sort of the the period of David being king. So that that's helpful, and to see that as a collective appeal to to everyone, to a nation, to to a group of people. So that's where we'll pause this introduction to the Psalms. And in our next episode, in a couple of weeks' time, Jordan and Dan will cover the remaining sections. So subscribe and follow us on the various podcast apps and on Facebook, etc. The show notes for this episode on our website at biblefeed.org will also point you to the YouTube channel resource that Jordan and Dan referred to. So take a look at that. And until next time, goodbye and God bless. Mm-hmm.